0: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Modern Day Sniper Podcast. And uh, me and Phil are together, and uh, we're in Rocky Mount, uh, Virginia, teaching a couple of classes here at Pig River Precision. And uh, if this is the first time you guys have joined us for the Modern Day Sniper Podcast, just give you a little brief introduction of what we're all about. Uh, This podcast is for the modern day rifleman, uh, the person that is on the journey and the path to becoming a better rifleman and understanding the mindfulness behind becoming a better rifleman. So whether you are a military or law enforcement sniper, or you are a avid competitive shooter, a hunter, or a precision shooting enthusiast, this is your go-to podcast for all sorts of unbiased information that comes straight from the source of people that are in this to learn just like you are. So we're all students of this craft. So without further ado, we are here uh, in Virginia and enjoying some of uh, Virginia's finest
1: moonshine. Franklin County's moonshine, <laughs> courtesy of uh, Mr. Josh Bandy. Um, yeah, man, this is a really
0: cool place. Uh, this is, I've never been to this part of Virginia before. This is kind of like um, uh, all of the time I've spent in Virginia is on, you know, on the coast so coming here to the mountains it's super beautiful like i was really surprised at uh, i didn't know what to expect so uh it's really beautiful here and it's fall and uh fall on the east coast is always awesome you know the leaves turning colors and it's getting cold it's a
1: different kind of cold
0: over here isn't it
1: yeah yeah man we've just had a great trip so far man from obviously our flights arriving on time to getting all of our gear, no gear lost, right, no gear lost. That's always crazy. Um, you know, I think all of our times, I mean, pretty much to the T lined up and, uh, you know, had some pretty awesome barbecue the first night. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I mean, love coming out to the South cause the, 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 Southern hospitality is real. And, uh, for you guys listening out that are out of East we appreciate all the love and, and, uh, all the love that you guys have shown us thus far and, you know, we're only three days into our visit mm-hmm. um, and we we're a little less than halfway, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the full stay that we're here. Yeah. I, I want to throw it out there too, to, to
0: Mr. Josh Bandy, um, the, uh, the owner here at Pig River Precision. Dude, Josh has just been awesome. I mean, he's just been an awesome dude. Um, very mellow guy. Uh, I definitely enjoy his demeanor, and it uh, turns out that we've got a mutual acquaintance, uh, Matt Myers from BE Myers. They went to VMI together, so that's super cool. Matt is also amazing people. And Josh has just been more than hospitable, man. He's been awesome. So, his range, guys.
1: For those of you guys who have not heard of Pig River Precision, this place is amazing, isn't it Oh, yeah. So it, it is about 15 minutes south of Rocky Mountain, Virginia. That's mm-hmm. where we're staying right now, an Airbnb. And uh, I think it's what? It's, probably 45 minutes south of Roanoke. Uh, Roanoke. 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 And, and then we flew into Raleigh, Durham, and that was two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we were doing the, especially for you active duty guys, uh, Josh Bandy. Um, he was able to kind of just—we were talking the first night and figuring out, you know, where some of the—at uh, least on the Marine Corps side of the house, the, uh, you know, Quantico and Lejeune, what that drive would look like. And literally, it's the halfway point between Lejeune, North Carolina, and um, and Quantico. So mm-hmm. It was like you, five and a half hours. Yeah. For you boys out there that are listening that may be uh, at the Quantico schoolhouse or Lejeune, Units, or you know, even if you're just a, a, a Marine that is looking to get a precision rifle um, and shoot long range, I mean, this is a really great area um, f- for me. I've been following Josh or Pig River Precision. Uh, I think since the startup, I haven't, this is my first time actually being here, yeah. but all the East Coast shooters that I've shot with, that's all they've posted when they've come here, and, and I've been really looking forward to this venue. Yeah, we,
0: uh, we started talking with Josh maybe, I don't know, probably a year ago, um, trying to get this all to come to fruition, and uh, dates finally aligned, and you know, I, it's dates are like the hardest thing right yeah. it's so hard to plan your calendar it's so hard to plan these dates because you want to try your best to accommodate everybody uh, we understand you guys are taking off uh time from work and we want to make sure that we're being cognizant of your schedules and uh, when we actually did finally get it on the schedule um november we decided that november down here was going to be a great time of year um for for us uh, you know september and october our, that's hunting season for us. And so we kind of, um, uh, want to, want to leave that out so that way we can go hunt and collect some content there. And, uh, you know, plus that's where like we apply our skills outside of competition right now is going hunting. So that's really, really important to us. And, um, we got it on the schedule and dude, it filled fast. Like it filled really fast. And we had a couple people on the wait list and, um, it was, uh, a really cool thing because I hadn't been to the East Coast in a long time. You know, uh, we started teaching uh, classes in Volusia County, Florida for a while. And so that kind of went away. That range was under some weird ownership. But now that we're back on the East Coast, the hospitality is amazing. And, you know, we've, we've always filled classes over here. So it's been awesome.
1: Yeah, um, so to, to quickly talk about you know Joss's range that have, hasn't been here and, and guys that have shot her out here, you guys pretty much know. Uh, but the range is um, not open to the public. It's events only, so events like uh, maybe um, clinics that he hosts with some of his uh, top competitors that, that uh, shoot out here. Um, or maybe he's got some guys that are still currently active duty or form, former active duty you know snipers run like maybe clinics out here i think he was saying yep. but yeah but typically you know it's a one to two day event that he's hosting out here or a class and that's it um and uh you know we talked a little bit last night with josh and kind of his his future goals and business plan for pig river and i mean i think it's solid and, yep. and like we talked about i think on the first day like out of all the ranges that we've been to, I mean, this is truly, a, a, it's a clean range. Very right? clean. It's very organized, and I mean, I get my hat's off to uh, for Josh especially. And I know it's not a one-man operation. He's got great help like Mike that we met, Will. Yep. uh But I, I think because of just how Josh is as an individual, right, it, it's easy to want to, you know, just be around him, mm-hmm. right, yep. and, and be like, dude, how can I help you? fulfill your dream. Mhm. Right. Yeah. So. That's cool because that's uh, how important is that though? How important is that to
0: realize what that means? Like what it means to like live your dream. That's super important because I think there's a ton of people out there that you know are doing doing things that are just like in that mindset of like I can't wait till I retire. I can't wait till this is over with. And you know, I mean, there's some people that works for, her. that's great. That's awesome. And, you know, we need those people, but it's like, uh, I, I want to work towards my passions and seeing Josh do his thing and, you know, put the effort that he has into a range. Like we have a range, right? It's, we have 360 acres to take care of and, um, it's in the sagebrush, right? It's totally different, but Like, it's a lot of work. It's a tremendous amount of work, and it also costs money. And what Josh is doing, I think, is awesome in the sense that he's only saying, hey, man, we just want to host really, you know, really good, solid, well-run events. And, you know, doing something like opening up things to membership, like, look, you know, our range in Washington. Think about opening that up to membership, right? You got a whole host of other problems, you know? So, like, carving out time in your schedule to go, like, you know, prepare the range and get it all ready to go, that takes time. And then having people out there to, you know, to maintain and monitor and manage, that's even more headache, more trouble. So, hats off to you, man. Thanks, Josh. Really appreciate it, dude. And we're really super looking forward to coming back next year
1: already. Like, we're going to plan this for, um, I think, what were we talking about? Two events, right? Yeah, two events. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you guys, if you guys are out here on the East Coast, um, you know, and in, in, uh, support support your local matches. Yeah. Uh, you know, support uh, your local matches, your local ranges, because uh, you know, after talking to Josh, a lot of the profit that has that. You know josh is somewhat made off of pig river has gone back into the range and it shows yeah it, it shows in the range so for those that are unfamiliar just to give you kind of lay, lay the land i mean it is kind of set up very modern like in terms of like there are designated stages and props for like uh, running a, um, a precision rifle series or a um uh you know type event so you've got 10 to 12 stages and you know um Right now, it looks like there's only like two or three fixed props, which is the Connex boxes mm-hmm. and maybe a, a truck, but I think everything's pretty interchangeable. So like you got little pads, you've Yeah. got little cool pads there. And you've got essentially targets from about 300 yards all the way out to 1208 is what mm-hmm. we shot today. Yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty cool and, and really tricky winds, oh, especially man. for out here on the East Coast. Yeah, there's not a whole lot when it's really cold outside. Uh, the day we
0: came out, um, it was really cold. Mirage was not that easy to see. And it's fall out here, so the leaves are, you know, there's not very many leaves left on the trees. And so there's not a whole lot of indicators for wind. And the way that that river or the, the range is set up is the, the Pig River kind of cuts through it. And it causes, you know, it's, it's actually, you know, fairly decent sized hills here. I mean, I mean, I live in I live near the mountains. I mean, I wouldn't call it, these are hills to me from where I come from, but that's still a lot of terrain to influence wind. And our, when we when I took those first couple of shots, we were like, oh, okay,
1: yeah. this is going to be good. It's going to be a challenge to learn. Well, even today, and we'll to get back in, in that in a second when we kind of change gears. But I mean, even today, we were holding anywhere from I think the the biggest wind call I gave a student today was about three and a half mils. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is good. you know you you want a class that, especially when you start introducing wind, it's hard to teach wind when there's no wind, right? It's really and, hard and and when there's no wind, um, then then all we'll range and essentially becomes easy, yeah. right? Because it's like, oh, just sit, come down here, arrange your target, <laughs> dial your dope, and shoot yeah. right? shoot, right. And hmm. then it's just like, oh my right. God so anyway like, what are it, 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 and get, we teaching? People get a false that. sense of hope that, oh, yep. this is easy, exactly right. But, like, when you have at least, you know, that those 10 to 12 mile an hour that we were having today, right, it opens the student's eyes. They're like, okay, like, I got to think. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to think more than just my range to target and dialing on my firing solution. Right. I need to think about when. Yeah, so, like, compared to our range, right, in, in, in Yakima, um,
0: I remember when you first showed up, you were, like, what is this place? <laughs> and it was nuking out there that day. My, was, my opening wind call for like a 600-yard target was like three and a half mils. <laughs> so you're like, okay. And it's, and it's really funky out there. And um, the cool thing is that it changes every day. Um, 3 day. You're going to get 360 degrees worth of wind out there every day at different points. But the wind out here seems to come in like big gusts. gusts right? Yeah. It comes in big gusts and what i mean big gusts is just like imagine blowing this giant wad of air you yeah. know and and it just comes barreling through and then it mellows way out it doesn't follow the typical wave pattern that you see like out west yep. like you can time that
1: wave of the frequency of the wave pretty well in some places but not here and then um what was cool too is is, is kind of how the range is oriented in terms of uh where the the, the sun rises and falls so toward the end of today, mm-hmm. uh, we were, I mean, it was super freaking cool because it's very rare to say, but I, I know I've seen it before in the past, is when the sun is behind you. So it's the, the way this, the, the range is laid out, and you can easily look on this on, on Google Maps, but um, the, you shoot toward the east, and as we were essentially finishing up the day, the sun was behind us, um, and literally, you can see every round. You can see the can ass bullet, the ass of the bullet, fly through the air. Like not even just vapor tra- or uh, trace. You're literally watching the bullet fly through the air. It's like it's like watching it through thermals or yeah, through. It's, uh, it's through super cool. IR. Yeah. So I'm sure that guys that have been you know shooting out here, they they've seen it. But for those that you know really want to kind of see bullet trace and stuff like that, it, great learning opportunity. Yeah. Because, because once you get a
0: student to be able to see the bullet and, and you can have like people send, you know, 5, 10, 15 shots over and over and over, and then you get the student then because you can still see the trace, you can still see the wake in the, in the middle. The, in the middle is the bullet, right? And then you can be like, hey, check it out. Like yeah.
1: this trace. Because it's so easy for the eye to pick up that bullet. It's yeah. so prevalent. Well, you know what's pretty amazing is is with a three hundred eight, a three hundred eight fights, or it gets it gets influenced easier, uh, like mid range to at the target than let's say like a six five or a six. Because the reason why I say that is when you watch when I watched the three hundred eight shoot today, I mean their initial trajectory was way the fuck off target, <laughs> right? Like seriously, like like it was like at least. I mean obviously their initial wind calls are anywhere from 3 to 4 mils but it was just like it's just like way off and then you, I mean the best way to explain it is like watching Wanted right the curving of the bullets Angela mm. Angelina Jolie that's literally <laughs> what a 308 bullet looks like fighting in wind yeah and once it passes its max ord you can just see it fall for for those that can track it the whole way you can just see it fall right back into target it's yeah. super cool versus like a 65 I mean, it, it's literally maybe just like barely like crutching on the left edge of the target and yeah, it's then not it. It's not. Yeah, the, the
0: 308s were, and we have a couple of slow. We got a gas gun super in class, slow, yeah, super slow. And watching, uh, I was helping him out with his gun this afternoon, and I was just, it's hilarious to see like how how high that bullet's going through the sky because
1: you're able to spot your own trace with the scope yeah yep. yeah that's pretty cool you can so, see it fall in so let's talk about this class a little bit so for those that don't know we're right right now we're in um so we're in virginia and we're do our, doing our uh pr 101 um from november 1st through the fourth fourth and then fifth and sixth we have our positional clinic so we're out here for for two classes but Uh, we got 16, 17 students in this first class, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, it's, oh man, it's been an awesome class so far. It really has. These people are, um, they're all asking the right
0: questions. They're coming from various different backgrounds, right? So we got some people, uh, in the class that are shooting, uh, bone stock savages, right? with straight up off the shelf with, um. We got a vortex on that. T- that we got a vortex diamondback uh, diamondback yeah. on that particular yep. rifle. We've got some re- uh, RPRs in the class, and then we got some some super high end
1: custom race guns some, in the class. Some Wade Studeville. Yeah, some Wade Studaville guns. <laughs> impact. Impact. Uh, you know, uh, foundation setups, which is obviously hammering, Um and the shooter behind that, you know, is in internal medicine. Um, <laughs> our only female in the class, and and she is. I mean, every instructor will tell you a female shoots better always. than any male. Always, always, right? I mean, even if I put her on one of the, the, the factory guns, she will probably shoot the capability of that rifle. Yeah. Uh, what's cool about what her is, like you said, she's asking the right questions, right? And it always, I always say this, it always amazes me for people that are getting into long-range shooting that have, that have completely just... I mean, I don't know, just opposite of what our craft is, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like almost a given for you and I to be a part of long-range shooting because it was a part of our job at one point, right? And then we just continued the passion of long-range shooting and teaching. So it always intrigues me to figure out, like, a doctor's or a dentist's why, a plumber's yeah. why,
0: sure. right? Yeah, you know? I, I mean, like, you know, in, in Dean's case, it's like, She just got into firearms not too long ago, and some way somehow saw something that had to do with long range shooting, and she was like, "Okay, I gotta try this." And and it's, I, I tell people all the time, man, like that don't understand what long range shooting is, and I and I pick up like something super small, and I'm like, "See this? Long range shooting is about throwing this thing into space, right?" And precisely calculating exactly where it's going to be, and then being able to do it over and over and over and over and over again, and then you look, kind of look at me like, "Okay, that's that's pretty that's pretty gnarly." Yeah, and it's that's what it is. It's it's at the at its essence. You know, you look at a little five five six like a 77 grain. Um, you know, I'm shooting. Uh, I'm shooting that out of my trainer rifle, and Luke, my son Luke, goes out there, right? And he goes and just crushes it. But watching that bullet fly through, and it's got this giant arc to the target, and you're just thinking to yourself, dude, we're doing this every time, over and over again. I think it's just really fascinating, because there's just so much that goes into it from a science perspective, Um, and, uh, you know a material management perspective, like from the machining process of all the components, I just think
1: it's fascinating. The, the thing that, you know, so Dina, you know, she comes from the, she, and she lives in New York where like, if you've, if you guys ever been to New York or people that live in New York that are listening to this, you guys are probably like laughing or nodding your heads right now. But like, I mean, if you think California's strict with their gun laws, like yeah, they're pretty like New York is like like straight uh, Nazi esque, apparently. Uh, but I've never actually—I've only visited there. I've never lived there. Uh, but it, it's cool for her to want to go through the trouble of of of, of having a firearm, right? And then going to the school. I mean, she even drove ten hours from New York to come down here. And I, I remember the messages, and this is what I want another thing that I wanted to talk to uh, about on the podcast um, is, um, you know, she, I remember her initial messages from Instagram on the Modern Day Sniper uh, Facebook, or sorry, Instagram page that we have. Uh, of her being interested in our Pig River course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she she asked a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, um, but you know, surprisingly, when we did our initial interviews. So if if you ever come to one of our PR 101 classes, um, you know the four four thing four main things we're going to ask you is obviously, hey, where you who you are, where you're from, uh, you know what your shooting background is. Um, how you found Modern Day Sniper and uh, what you aim to get out of the class. Like, what do you see yourself at, at the end of four days or two days? Or, you know, where do you, where do you plan on taking long range shooting? And uh, uh, surprisingly, a lot of our visitors or our students um, not only obviously found us on Instagram or follow us on Instagram. Uh, but listen to our podcast, which mm-hmm. is super cool, and yeah, we appreciate that.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of people from the podcast and a lot of people from Instagram. Yeah.
1: And, and honestly, yeah. I, I almost get, like, after the, like, Modern Day Rifleman kind of summit, and just kind of, we did really good on sales um, for, you know, for the firearms industry, but considering the amount of, I guess, I guess followers and stuff like that, uh, we have combined, I guess, we weren't expecting... Such a very limited. Uh, uh, not our turnover rate was high in, in the marketing world. It was just like our ability to have guys actually click on the site. Yeah, for sure. And and that's what it was, right? Guys, like they were seeing it, but they weren't clicking over to be like, hey, what what is this, mm-hmm. right? Um, because it it like to them it probably costs money, and and I get it, but
0: well, that's like it's it,
1: it's the we we
0: had extremely higher than average numbers when it came to that stuff so like when we started comparing it to um other areas and i know we're kind of we're drifting off topic here but that's okay um when we compared it to other areas and what was like standard the people that were kind of helping us out they were like dude yeah you have no idea how how high your open rates are in comparison like this is absolutely
1: abnormal in terms of what's expected in the digital marketing world I just wanted to say, you know, for you guys that have so far have, have been followers of the podcast and the guys that are students right now listening to this class. I mean, we, we truly appreciate um, your business. We appreciate your time because, you know, we understand that time is money. Uh, we understand when you come out here, um, you know, you're you're investing your time to be with us. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of educators right now in, in long-range shooting, and we appreciate you guys choosing Modern Day Sniper uh, for your source of education. And it, it truly is humbling, and, um, and, I mean, it continues to validate uh, why I do what I do um, and, and why I love doing what I do. Um, and, uh, you know, we just hope that you guys enjoy uh, your time with us, whether it be four days, six days. Uh, if you guys see us, you know, at a, a prisoner's rifle match, or if you just enjoy these podcasts, I mean, we, we truly do appreciate it. And um, yeah, we're, we're, I mean, this is just the beginning and uh, it's just super cool what, how modern day sniper, you know, started off at, as like a podcast because just Kalen and I wanted to talk about sniper shit, kind of evolved into like just pulling all different types of people that want to get into long range shooting for different reasons, right? And just being able to relate to you guys i think not only from the technical aspect of like hey being a shooter and and calen and, and covered this really well um on day one is understanding of being in the in the present and the mindfulness uh, behind the rifle and you know our, our motto behind that uh depression is you know thinking about stuff in the past mm-hmm. anxiety is thinking about shit that it hasn't, happened hasn't even happened yet, right? So what what should you focus on? You focus on the now. You focus on what you're doing in training, why you're connecting to that rifle, and, you know, building neuropathways, false muscle memory. <laughs> 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 Everything you've been told is a lie! Uh, <laughs> no, dude, it's been good. And, and, and so, so one thing about this class is it's, my, it's our first four-day class together, all four days. Um, the last PR 101 class that we did was in Washington, but I was only able to get the last day, and I told you, I was like, hey, I'll mm-hmm. teach the last day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've been a little quiet this class just because it's my first time seeing how you've taught the PR 101 curriculum, right? Yeah. And um, But we are on the same page in terms of flow, of a student's progression, Mm -hmm. right? We've talked about this a lot, is, okay, when a student first picks up a rifle, what is the bare minimum they need to know about the the system, Mm -hmm. right? And then what do they need to essentially get to up until, you know, being able to shoot long range? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you go to courses out there that are two days long, and they want to wow you with their marketing ads about, hey, we're going to teach you this, this, and that. Right. It's like, it's all fluff. Right.
0: Are you really going to do that? Yeah. Yeah. And and because, you know, we have that conversation. We're like, hey, so like the way I look at the way it's structured and, you know, we always try to be open-minded. Like I always want to look at other ways of doing things. And so my goal with this is I don't want students to leave after day one. Like before we start slinging lead at distances outside of hundred yards, I want to make sure that our shooters are fundamentally sound as well as we can possibly get them in that first 10 hour day. And sometimes you get less than 10 hours. A lot of times you get less than 10 hours just because of conditions. And like, as an example, when it's like in the summertime in Yakima, it's, it was 107 one day we finished training, right? So it's like you're not getting the full eight, 10 hours out of that student. You might be getting only six because they might not be used to being out in 107 degree weather. Today it was chilly out there, you know, and it's East Coast, so there's humidity. Um, it was funny, man. Like we were like, I was just in like 15 degree weather last week chasing bucks up in the mountains. And here, I feel like I'm freaking going to die
1: because <laughs> it's, 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 it's only 45 degrees. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just it's, a different yeah, kind it's of cold 45
0: cool. degrees. Um, but so you're not getting this, like they're, they're cold, you can see them shivering, you know that we have to sit here and get this hour and a half long class, um, and you just want to make sure that they're paying attention. And it's, and it's not that they're purposefully not paying attention, it's just the, the conditions are not always conducive. But that's part of what we do, right? That's part of what we do as riflemen. We have to be able to disconnect from that and focus on what it is that we need to focus on to get whatever
1: task it is done. So I thought, they're, I thought they're, they've been doing a great job at no, this point. We have a class full of shooters. I mean, other than maybe like one scope isk. Issue that, like, we just and we didn't even do it because it was a problem, we just did it as a prevention, yeah, right. Um, in terms of just being able to, uh, so Kalen brought down uh, one of his extra uh, Leopold Mark 525s, uh, 525s, um, and he's tested out the new uh, Collis K525 with the skimmer four reticle on his gun. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that that student who is uh, currently serving in our National Guard, um, you know, he's just coming out here and just getting extra training uh, to, you know, um, see what the civilian side has to offer. And I think that's super cool uh, because, again, and, and, and I know it, because he's in the National Guard, he's got a day job and that might be hard for for active duty guys, because I mean, truly, active duty guys don't get paid shit, right? Right. Like, I don't expect a PFC, lance corporal, maybe even a corporal, to come to one of classes. Yeah. No, 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 no. Just because, I mean, like that—that that would be a fucking paycheck and a half, totally. Yeah. Right. Not, not including even. the, not even including the rifle and ammo that they they have to probably you know right. figure out how to finance. Well,
0: we were talking about this. I mean, you know, let's maybe let's hit on this in a little bit, but like the barrier for entry
1: yeah. into the sport. Yeah, the Berryford entry. I mean, I would say each one of the rifle setups that we have here are currently right at well, we f- 1500 we got fifteen hundred plus. Like so, the the the, the Ruger uh, the Ruger Precision Rifle with the Diamondback Tactical with some bipods bag. I'd say about fifteen to sixteen hundred dollars, right? Somewhere in there. And in then that. he's got about five hundred dollars for of ammo because he brought... Hornady 140s, mm-hmm. uh, Jackson. Yep. Um, and then we've got all the way up to, you know, um, Mike's 6GT uh, and Wade Studeville's or Dina's um, yep. Impact, you know, nine to $10,000 setup. Exactly. You know, so, I mean, the barrier to entry is, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, but... Uh, well, and we're looking at people that, like,
0: they're at a point in time in their lives where, because we all go through this, right? We yeah. all go through this growth... It all depends on you know where are you at in life. What are you able to do with your expendable income? Um, what is it that you want to do with your expendable yeah. income? And do you even have expendable income? Because you know, it, let's face it. You know, like you get to a point in time in life, if if you've uh, appropriately thought about where it is that you want to go, you have some expendable income and you have some hobbies. And that's really what what it is that uh, that we do aside from our professional shooters. Yeah. We have one professional shooter in the class, right, uh, Paul? Wow. Um, he's here as a, he's a Franklin County Sheriff's Deputy, um, and he is a, he's a sniper on their SWAT team, and you know he's been I think he said he's been on the rifle four years, four years. and. You know, so you got that aspect of it. It was the first time his rifle shot past was thir- three or 400 yards. yards. He came up to me and he goes, Hey, so should I even like try to hit targets <laughs> past
1: 500? And I was like, man, get out of here. Just shoot at that shit. <laughs> he shot 1208 <12-08 laughs> today. I mean, today. It, it, like, it it took him a few rounds, but we got there. But it was with a federal gold medal match 168 grain Sierra Match King. Mm-hmm. And for those that are in the know... Know that the 168 Sierra Match Kings don't do fuck all past 800 yards. Yeah, um, I th- he has a
0: he's got a Ten Twist uh, 26 inch barrel. Okay, and that, that I think that's got something to do yeah. with it. Yeah. but because um, he, he was, shoots, he can shoot. We were you know we were using that bullet as an example to talk about bullet stability and things, and he was he came up to me, and he's like, dude, um, so I'm that guy that brought that bullet, and I was like, it doesn't matter, man. We're just gonna shoot and see what happens. And I think um I think every like every class, uh, it's like you get a little bit more laid back in terms of like going um start hard, steadfast rules because yeah. we know that, that there's so many variables in this world, aside from the fundamentals of marksmanship, things are there's are some things that happen that you just cannot explain.
1: You just have to have your, the students see for themselves exactly essentially. I think that's what it is. It's like it's like, hey man, like I'm going to bag on your 168 Sierra match Kings, but you're all, I'm going to also show you why, yeah. right? I'm going to let you shoot the course of fire so you can see why I said what I just said in class, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I think that's what you're talking about. It's, yeah, it's just exactly. being able to find their own truths yep. about about that about we, projectile.
0: We always talk about it, you know, um, it's, uh, it's believe nothing, whether or not you hear it from me or hear it from somebody else, unless you see it with your own eyes and it makes total sense to you other than that outside of that it's hearsay as far as i'm concerned yeah. and i think we've really gotten to a point um not only like with just in our world but like in, as in society as in general like we're there when it comes to um looking at it and accepting things you know and in such a dogmatic way yeah. Um, so that actually is very, it's very prevalent in our community, but I would like to think that as our community grows, those things are kind of getting pushed to the wayside um, as more and more people become educated. It's getting really popular. I mean, it's getting very popular. There's a lot of people that are doing it, and there's a lot of people that are, you know, cross decking from one shooting sport over here to the precision rifle community, very much like three gun. Yeah. Three gun attracted a ton of people from the competitive shooting industry, um, or pistol shooting industry rather, and now, you know, it's starting to trickle over into the, the long range game.
1: It's good for the industry. Um... You know, for those that are in long-range shooting or just in the industry, obviously they know the growth of the sport is important to us. Kaylin and I are in the industry. Um, So the the growth of the sport is, is important to us. And then keeping in mind the customers that are giving back to the industry, that are paying full retail to, you know, their products and stuff like that. Um, you know, we, we appreciate you guys uh, because, you know, you, we live in a weird time where I think we've learned through the Modern Day Rifleman Summit is that uh, our, our industry doesn't do well at, at marketing, and we don't, we don't understand if that's uh, a lot of, in, uh, like, uh, you know, red or black flags that come from, like, social media channels or whatnot. But, uh, you know, after kind of seeing the Rifleman, Virtual Rifleman Summit, you know, the marketing plan that we had kind of anticipated didn't really pan out. And, um, you know, but we've heard from several of our, you know, students and and, and uh, even uh, Josh had, had made a, a pretty cool comment. It was like, hey, man, you, you guys' branding is awesome, uh, which we have to completely give our hats off to Cass. Kaylin, uh, your wife, uh, she's been, I mean, she is really the, I mean, we're the face of it, but <laughs> she is literally the brand yeah. of modern day cypher. She's got and I don't know if she'll listen to this cast. I'm sure I'll just take a little quick blurb for you, but you've been awesome and we love you and you, thank you. <laughs> we love you too, babe. Thank you so much. Um,
0: and it's true, man. She's, so when you guys call in and you interact with customer service or Uh, the web experience you're getting you're getting Cassandra and um, she really does love getting emails from everybody and it really uh, it excites her Um, she's coming from a completely different industry and um, just you know coming into the the firearms world um, she's like wow these people are actually like really nice (laughs) you know they're not rude um and so we just want to thank everybody for that and Cassandra has just been uh, when it comes to like the brand image that what you see on the website and um how it's all structured that's coming from uh that's coming from her brain so um uh, you know we're we're the visionaries when it comes to the curriculum development and like where we want to see things go with that regard but Cass is the visionary when it comes to the brand so Um, really it's just, uh, it's just myself and it's Phil and Cass. And so we just, uh, we're really appreciative of everybody's uh, attention when it came to the modern day rifleman summit. And, you know, it it is different. It's something that, that is different. And I think a lot of people were, were like, what is, I don't understand what's going on right now. Like when, when they see what it was, um, and that's cool. That's fine. Um, we're going to do another
1: one. So be ready for it. So, you know, to, to throw some, I feel like we've been kind of talking just current events and to give you guys some kind of technical, we always like to throw some kind of technical learning, learning stuff in there. So I'll I'll give you guys some stuff that, you know, from, I've taught a couple classes so far at PR 101. uh, But again, like I said, because this is my first PR 101 under modern day sniper, at least a full four days. I'm just kind of getting gauge on, on how Kalen runs this curriculum. So I've been just really doing a lot of, uh, you know, um, videoing and taking photos and just kind of being like an uh, assistant instructor. Uh, but, um, you know, some of the things that I've learned as an instructor of how Kalen kind of uh, provides information and we're to the T, but I think Kalen does a really good a job at, um, you know, explaining and, and breaking things down, um, but he's done a really great job, especially uh, understanding, uh, you know, breaking down de- bad habits uh, and, and building your neural pathways in terms of wiring. Uh, that was a cool analogy that you put it yesterday that I just posted on our Instagram today. Mm-hmm. Is you know when when you, we build these fundamental drills at a hundred yards, we are trying to wire our brain mm-hmm. so that as soon as we tell ourselves. Okay, I want to shoot now, right? You flick that switch on, and your body and brain already knows what to do. Yeah. And, and honestly, yeah, like, I'm at that point, right? Of I have to doing this for 13-plus years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, still to this day, we talked about this yesterday. Is like, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm breaking it as simple as— pop, I'm breaking stuff down as simply as I can— but how can I even do it further? Because still sometimes I get the like this is go back go, is going back to you know us as instructors. So we care about how we're delivering information. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I say something, the very first thing that I look for is body reactions. Totally. Right? Yeah. You look for you
0: look at what people are you, you see that facial expression. See, it's not only a body, it's, it's also energy. Yeah. you
1: read the person's energy. Yep. Yep. Where are you at right now? Yeah. And it's like, it's like, all right, do I need to say that again? Do I need to say it a different way, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because this is important to me because like I know that I can't move on to the next thing that I want to talk about until they understand this concept. Right.
0: Because if you continue to push, okay, you continue to push, and then they just get farther and farther and farther and farther behind. It's a shit stacking effect. Yeah, it's a shit stack effect. But then what you end up having is going, oh, basically what I'm going to have to do now is I'm going to have to do it for them. Yeah. And I know that they're never going to learn from that. That's right. So that's kind of why I like to do things the way that I do and the way that, like, it seems like it's extremely detailed. But in my mind, what I want these students to come away with is the ability to do this on their own yeah. with very minimal guidance. You know, everybody, all of the students here, they get my cell phone number. They all know how to contact us via email. Excuse me. And it's like, hey... Now you're part of the alumni. Phil, you know we started the we started the modern day sniper alumni page, and so like thanks for heading that up, man, because like I, that's not my strong suit. Let's put it that way. Um, but that's awesome because people have been really engaged on that yeah, platform, Yeah, and so that's that's another thing that you get when you come and shoot with us is that you get access to your community. Yeah. And so that's kind of why I do the things the way that I do, because I want people to understand it before we move on. And the way that I view that is, I understand that there's going to be a certain percentage of people that don't always grasp the concepts, right? There's always going to be that. And so, but if I got like, I want to be at that 90% comprehension mark, right, before we go on to the next subject, meaning 90% of the class comprehension. And so we teach, or we lecture and then we explain or demonstrate and then practically apply it and then debrief it and make sure that it's solid before we move on to the next thing. Yeah. And
1: uh, it might be a little slower than what some people think. I don't know. Yeah. Like no, I know. I, Well, so again, coming from the instructor understanding from an instructor standpoint, right, uh, I'm very guilty, um, especially in our previous days of of throwing everything at them at once mm-hmm. and figuring out what sticks, right? So again, and, and, and I, I try not to do this to, to you know, live back in my glory days. It's just to give you guys kind of perspective of, of how we were brought up, um, you know, and like when, when I taught marksmanship at sniper school, I literally taught like seven or eight classes throughout the day before they went out for nightline Ab. It was all Martian ship. fundamentals of ship, you know, rifle scope theory, the the M forty eight series sniper rifle, okay. But there was never any kind of like practical application right. after that class. You're just getting so shotgun. You're just getting it was like class for two and a half hours, take a five minute break, take another hour class, you fall asleep, get fucking slayed, right? And then <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, finally when it got dark, you go out for a an night land nav and then we after like two or three days of marksmanship classes, then you finally hit the range. Mm-hmm. And then on day one, you're you ex- learn you're expected to, to know, know all, all, all of this shit, shit yeah. that you just got taught in class that was shoved down your throat. It doesn't work that way. Right. And and like I mean I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty at fucking yelling at my pigs, be like, did you not fucking pay attention to class? Yeah. Right? But but again, now sympathizing as an instructor, right, and understanding how just our brain works in terms of absorbing information Mm -hmm. and how much we can actually understand and absorb right and that's what we're we're and and this is why you know when you go to going back to a question that i received well how do you find a credible instructor or credible credible curriculum find someone that knows how you know what what it's like to be a teacher and knows the uh, mechanics and uh, understands the student. I think that's what what it is, yep. right? Not just wants to just to push his curriculum and push his name, but someone that understands his student, uh, so that you know, yeah, maybe you're not learning fucking how to like, you know, do a fucking uh, 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 spinning backflip at the fucking end of the class, right? But you know the foundation <laughs> it takes to learn the spinning back kick in the future. Sure, yeah, it's um, it, it can be.
0: Teaching is an interesting aspect of this because you have to truly cater everything that you say to, um, hopefully, every student in the class. Like, we know that that's not always going to happen. But I think today, we had a great comprehension. Um, Day two is ballistics. So we always open up our days with a fundamental warm-up drill um, just to kind of get the juices flowing for the day, um, get people to reinforce, get the reps. again, we're tr- like talking about building the neuropathways, um, learning a little bit more about that stuff and how the body works. It makes a lot of sense to reinforce those things. And, and it's not mundane. It's actually highly productive if you focus the effort where it needs to be focused. Um, and so shooting paper at hundred yards, like talking to like Robert, talking to Robert Brantley and, um, he's like hey man i shoot i shoot an entire match worth of practice at 100 yards on paper because if i can shoot really fast i want to shoot as fast as i can shoot accurately and that shows him where he's not where he's falling off all right so like trying to shoot a rapid fire dot drill at 100 yards and hold a minute of angle you know it it's not as easy as one would think, especially if, you're, if your mind is focused on going fast and managing things and going as fast as you can. It's a lot harder than it looks. And so shooting papers, like it's a challenge. And so we shoot paper in the morning um, and then we talk about external ballistics for about, I don't know, two, two and a half hours. Um, I find that that's the best way to do it in terms of, the information. It's really hard to break that information up into range sessions to, like, minimize the content. I suppose what you could do is say, hey, this is a ballistic computer program. This is all the shit that goes into it. Um, now we're going to go out and shoot and prove it. Well, we kind of need to talk about why it's, why doing, it's it. doing what it's doing, yeah. right? So that includes... Drag bullet drag when it comes to external ballistics, right? Talking about BCs, talking about drag versus mock curves, um, and how we derive ballistic predictions. Um, You know, for guys, we're not. I'm not a ballistician. I've just read a tremendous amount of information on it, and it's it's one of my things. Like I I like to kind of geek out on that stuff. And so we we also preface that, hey, man, we're not ballisticians, but we're here to tell you what we know about the process. And so going through that, it's really hard to break that instruction up into like, okay, we're going to talk about this for half an hour, and now we're going to go shoot, reinforce it, blah blah blah. It's so yeah, it's kind of a bummer to to sit there for two and a half hours and teach a class, but we spend the rest of the day on the range, and breaking that rest of the day up into small classes, bite-sized pieces of content for people to easily digest, and you know we try to focus on the learning modalities, which are which are the three major ones are. Um, audible, meaning you're listening to something, um, visual, as in reading it, and kinesthetic, meaning through practical application, um, you know, through hands-on stuff. So we try to focus on all three of those learning modalities, and it seems to be at this point in time, you know, students are getting it, and it's, and it's worked thus far. Um, like today, you know, guys are crushing steel all the way out to 1,200 on their own after receiving classes on, hey, this is how this, this is how all this works, this is what we want you to do, and this is the process. This is how you're going to communicate between you and your observer. Um, this is how you're going to, to, to go through your pre-shot process and your post-shot process. And, you know, it seems like they're floundering at first, right? You're just like, <laughs> we're not hearing so much going on out there. And then within about, you know, 30 minutes or so, uh, things start to solidify. And with a little bit of coaching, it's like kind of kicking the, kicking the babies out of the nest, so to speak. You got to get out there and you just got to do it and learn from it. So um, we spent the day, uh, we had some good wind out there today in terms of uh, variation, right? Like you were saying, uh, your, your, your biggest wind call was what, three and a half mils? Yeah. Yeah, I, I gave one about two and a half mils. Um, I think that was probably uh,
1: uh, Boone's rifle. The, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have anything you, that you slow. Were, you weren't you were shooting that far though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was holding. We were holding three and a half for uh, like slow six fives at twelve hundred. Mm-hmm. That's why it that was my biggest win call. Yep. But yeah, the the the, the just you know the, the day one pretty much we don't leave day one we we don't leave the hundred yard line at, after day one. And that was definitely a different change of pace for me, coming from where I came from. Because by the end of day one, I have my I had you know my students reach out and touch 965, mm-hmm. and that was more like a like a pat on the back, right? A familiarization fire. Yeah, and, and like you know, I almost did them a disservice, right, as an instructor. Um, but I, I guess I did it more for like the experience, mm-hmm. right? Of like, like, hey, you know, you can now brag that after day one you shot out to a thousand yards, right? Right. So that now hopefully you can tell your buddies, you bring us more, more, yeah. more customers, right? But but, but you... now here at Modern Day Sniper we have just a different type of student mm-hmm. that is looking to figure out the craft of being a modern day rifleman, right? Not just trying to learn the system. As a check in the box, and that's what's that's what's different about our students. Exactly right. They're asking the right questions. There's no ego there, mm-hmm. zero ego. We've got yeah, even I've got even serious some 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 guys that haven't uh, competed that are competing right now, pretty competitively, um, in their in their little region, mm-hmm. right. And there's zero ego, which I love. Yeah, it's just it just goes to show that when people
0: truly want to learn something. Uh, they will come and they will seek that information out. It's, uh, it's, it's cool to see. And uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to do some scored shoots in the morning. Um, we're going to do, uh, we obviously we always warm up with a fundamental drill in the morning. Um, I think we're going to shoot uh, the 21 dot drill tomorrow morning. Um, and we like to do that every morning and give students an opportunity to, to kind of track their zeros and make sure that they're um, that they're maintaining confidence in their system, uh, because w- with new shooters that are unfamiliar with their platform, uh, like as an example, um, we have I think Dina's the Dina's the one that has the brand new uh, Studeville rifle, um, and she literally just picked that thing up, and the first eight, the, I bet you now that's about 120 rounds. The first 120 rounds <laughs> through that barrel have been with us, so. Uh, She's never touched one before, and you have to – it's like what that student learns now is going to translate as to how they do it freaking a long time from now. Uh, So it's kind of like a big responsibility.
1: I'm laughing because one of the students – so today when we were doing a 100-yard, just a fundamental morning warm-up drill, we went down to the 100-yard line to check out our group's – And uh, Dina shot a fantastic group and and just even the dog drill that we had them do right afterwards. And I think it was John that came by at the very end. And he said, man, I wouldn't want to walk into her house that night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Again, fem- uh, females
0: are they receive information yeah. quite well in comparison uh, yeah. to their
1: their male counterparts. Uh, I, I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, the the pace is great, man. Um, I, I'm learning a lot, especially. I'm looking forward to you know uh, hopefully being a little bit more productive for um, our next PR one on one class. But uh, I'll probably take some classes because I know you know at three and four kind of end up uh, since I've been around for mm-hmm. at least your three and four. Um, but, uh, I'm looking forward to the positional clinic yeah. and, uh, you know, some of the guys are sticking around and even one of the guys that did this class, you guys picked up the last, uh, the last class. And, uh, that's something I want to hit on real quick. I think we're coming up on, uh, you know, closer to an hour, but before we, we close up shop, uh, I want to hit on some little frustration that we got toward, um, uh, booking this, this class with, uh, the mm-hmm. eligibility. And, yeah. um, you know, so if you don't know at Modern Day Sniper, we require you, once you sign up for class, uh, we require you to um, uh, proof that you can um, own a firearm. Uh, and, you know, that is uh, our responsibility as instructors to ensure that every student is operating and in, in, in training in a safe environment so that you don't have to look over your shoulder you know, when someone shows up to class, and you're like, man, can, can that guy even, like, is that guy even supposed to be here, right? Uh, not only that, you know, especially we live in such a crazy world. And, you know, not saying that, you know, one of my students might go rogue or whatever and, you know, knock on wood. But, I mean, because this is our livelihood as instructors, you know, this is how I, I, I put food on the table for my daughter and, and Kalen for his family, um, you know. It, it 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 will look bad in the in case that one of our students that does get trained from us you know end up doing something terrible and you know it comes to find out oh well the last training course they went to was with modern-day sniper and you know both instructors so happen to be former marine corps scout sniper combat veterans mm-hmm. like holy fucking shit you know that that like the liability on us is huge yeah so the next step that we could take uh to to not just cover our ass, but again, in, in, ensure the responsibility of a safe training environment for our students is to just make sure that everyone that comes, um, can own a firearm.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, a it's something that, um, I think is, I think it's important. And the reason that I think it's important is, uh, we, we did it at, we did it at Magpul when I worked at Magpul and, Uh, The reasoning behind it is exactly that. We need to ensure that everybody that shows up and receives a training certificate from, at that point in time, Magpul, uh, Magpul Core, or Magpul Dynamics, and now Modern Day Sniper, um, we need to make sure that you are an upstanding citizen. And what I mean by that is, uh, come in, come in there with the, the most pure intentions that you can to learn, uh, learn a sport and learn a craft. Um, and some people, uh, at this last class, um, were registered and first and foremost. Um, guys we are we are a small company in in the grand scheme of things and we are learning as we go and things like emails and automation um, and there's a, a we're realizing there's a lot of people that aren't getting our emails at our students um, and so like that's a learning process for us as well and as we go through this we just need you guys to know that, that we're here with the best of intentions and we are not statists as we have been uh, implicated of being. We are patriots and we are both veterans, uh, both of which are combat veterans. And, you know, its um, I'm not going to say it's insulting because that's, like, that's kind of being virtuous, but it's one of those things that's just like, hey, well, that's fine. If you don't want to participate, you don't have to. Um, and uh, we, just, we can just leave it at that. It doesn't have to be an issue. Uh, this is just our part of our company ethos and what we wish to stand behind, and that is what it is, and we stand behind it.
1: We don't pull any of your guys' money until the services have been completed. Exactly. Yeah. So that's one thing you guys, you know, like, like oh, you did this, blah, 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 after you took our money. Actually, we gave those guys 100% refunds, yep. right? And mm-hmm. any class that you guys sign up, To up until the day um, that, right, up until the day of class, right. Worst case scenario, you know, you have family emergency or whatever. We will refund you 100%. Obviously, we have policies in place. You know, 90 days, 60 days, 30 days out. But you know, worst case scenario, you have a family incident. You were registered for class. You couldn't attend. We will refund you your deposit. And please, guys that are registered for class, don't use that excuse if you, if you need to bail out on us, right? But, um, like, the the funds are held into a separate... It's in an escrow account. It's an escrow it's account, escrow of account mm-hmm. right? Of just, course. Just so that those funds aren't accessed until our services have been delivered to you guys. Essentially, the training has been done. Okay, so... Um, anyways, I, I just wanted to make sure you, to to hit on that to, to to let you guys know, and and I realize it's not that that right there is not popular, in the uh, in the training community, as oh, as far as oh I'd say there's some. a lot of people there's people that do it too yeah um, you know that
0: are that are well known in the industry, and um, just because just because nobody else does it doesn't mean that uh, it's the, the wrong thing to do either so. Uh, just to have some perspective and understand where we're coming from.
1: Um, but yeah, no, I think uh no man, uh, this is uh this has been a good class. Um, it's already nine forty eight <laughs> at night here in uh, Virginia. We got another early day tomorrow. Uh, we've got we got a cool little Airbnb B and B. We got a pretty pretty cool setup we, we yeah. got going on right now. Hopefully the audio sounds okay. Uh, <laughs> we got to do some kind of last minute Jimmy Regan, but uh, it looks like we're kind of playing forts right now to help yeah. with the uh, help with the sound. Um, but uh, no, I'm looking forward. I'm already looking forward to not only you know the rest of this trip, but coming back out here for another class because again, uh, I, I can't I can't talk about this venue enough. Pig River here in Virginia. Um, so those guys that are you know listening in that are out east uh, that maybe compete out here you guys got a good thing going on out here and uh, you know I hope you guys continue to support Pig River and support Josh because uh, he's got a lot of cool stuff for you guys and um, I'm just looking forward to seeing how this grows and we're definitely happy to be a part of it um, with Josh and with Pig River and um, let us know you know um, what we can do to to, to whether it host classes or, or whatnot but um, we look forward to uh, being back out here. Mm-hmm. Indeed, um, um, yeah, we're,
0: we'll be back next year, man, and we're going to be doing uh, more than just uh, more than just one class or more than just one trip. Let's put it that way: more than just yeah. one trip. So, um, dude, I'm pumped. Um, we've got a couple more days of PR 101. We got a two day positional clinic, and I have to throw a bone to my man Davo in Boone, North Carolina um uh, we're gonna go fishing with my man davo who runs an outfit out of boone north carolina called high country outfitters and i fished with davo uh up in uh, the Togiak wildlife preserve in alaska in uh, southwest alaska and i just i was absolutely blown away by just not only davos demeanor but like how he ran his boat how he ran his operation as a guide and um just second to none man so I'm looking forward to hanging out, and I'm looking forward to fishing with you on uh, on
1: Saturday. Yeah, I hope it's warmer tomorrow, Uh, (laughs) because I I definitely I'm I'm pretty sure because people are like, oh, you're from Alaska and Wyoming, should you not? I have it in like my head that because I'm of tropical. Descent. <laughs> yep. <laughs> my DNA is supposed to be living somewhere <laughs> where that revolves around flip flops, tank tops, and fucking board shorts. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I'd like <laughs> the cold doesn't suit me very well. But uh, you know, we we made it through today. Uh, thankfully, I brought uh, a decent enough a uh, you know decent enough cold gear uh, down here, uh, but definitely shot myself in the foot coming out here because I was Dude. just poking fun at bringing a parka, flip flops for. <laughs>
0: so I, I was wearing damn near the same layers today as I did on my mountain hunt when it was only like 20 degrees during the day, <laughs> and so it's just that different kind of cold, and yeah. I, it's yeah it's damp. So, um, anyways, thanks guys. We appreciate y'all listening. Um, we're gonna probably crank out another one of these next week. So uh thank you all for listening seriously man stay tuned we've got some unbelievably cool stuff coming your way when it comes to uh some some upcoming offerings in terms of services and things of that nature um and uh for all you guys that are out there hunting uh that still have tags to fill best of luck um i hope you all had a better general deer season than i did we'll talk about that later um but uh again
1: best of luck and um See you guys next time. All right, guys. You guys know the drill. Keep your face on the gun. See ya.